Welcome to Political Football with Dave and Clee. This is uh, season heading into season two. Uh, we are pretty much fired up and ready to go. We're going to talk some draft and all things related to the NFL. So, Dave, how you doing? I'm doing good. And just for just so the listeners know, I feel like um, I went through the quantum tunnel with Ant Man here because uh, we're releasing this a couple days later. But we're recording this still on Friday. That what's say the twenty third. 23rd, yes. We're recording this on Friday the 23rd. So just in case there's been like some more draft trades or something like that uh, between the time you're hearing this, just know that's the reason why we're not referencing it now. But this is more about concepts and prospects, not necessarily where the teams are drafting. So it should, it should still be it should still be good. Um, Cleve, I just want to get real quick your thoughts. Like when the draft comes around, how excited are you for it? Do you make huge plans for it? Do you always watch it? How, like, how do you treat the draft? I mean, of, of yesteryear, obviously before COVID, um, very excited always about the draft because that, to me, after the combine, it signaled that we're closer to a new NFL season. Um, I kind of like would go through the motions of the combine. I know a lot of guys are not into that. Um, I'm into it to an extent. I actually like some of the defensive stuff that goes on with that, but it, mm-hmm. it kind of signals like a... You know, here here we are revving up for another thing. And then, of course, there's a lull and it's the preseason and, of course, the season. So in yesteryear, yes, super excited. This year, um, not so much. I, I mean, I'm going to watch the first round like I always do, but um, the fanfare is not going to be there. I'm not going to have people over. Um, not going to go to a hookah bar like I did in, in the past or something like that. So um, on a scale of one to ten, I'm at like maybe a, a seven and a half, maybe hard eight. But I'm not. Okay. I'm not super, super excited. What about you? So I'm always excited every year. I watch it start to finish every single year. Um, I think I'll be at work for day three this year. I'll just have it going on the computer. Um, people have to find their own way around DC. I'm busy. Um, so, so you know, I'm I'm all about it every every single year. I think it's just absolutely amazing, and it's so cool to be able to see how these teams are going to try to improve. Improve themselves, and you get to see general managers have to react and like make decisions in real time, where you don't have weeks and months to think about it anymore. Yeah, and so I really, I really like that. I think it's a good, it's a good uh, way to push on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm an existing customer, and I oh, like your sorry about that. Cleve, listen, between my internet and people calling you all the time. <laughs> It's all good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I want to get into uh, my piping hot running back take that I teased on the last episode. I want to lead off with that. And here's the take. The take is that there is no running back in the history of the NFL that is worth a, that that is not worth a-, a top 12 pick in 2021. History of the NFL. Yes, one hundred and, and almost all two years. All of them. Are you? Are you? Have you lost your mind? I Jimmy, have. Been. Jimmy Brown, Earl Jim Campbell. Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. It doesn't matter. All of them. And you know, I uh, stand Barry. I need. I need supporting evidence here, okay. my friend, because I I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Let's go. Let's okay. hear it. So I do. There's one quick qualification on the take, and that is that if you're a mostly complete team and you trade up, like say the Buffalo Bills this year traded up to the eighth pick, mm-hmm. then yes, they could use on a Walter Payton. They're pretty complete all the way around. I'm talking about like you're a team that's in the top 12 because you deserve to be because you're trash. Huh. You should, there's no running back in history that's worth taking. Man. That's, I, that's, that's, that's the argument. Um, okay. And the reason 
this was not untrue in the past. When the Lions took Barry third in 1989, that was a good decision. Mm-hmm. Right. But the league has changed. And there are a couple things that are true. Passing is the more efficient way to move the ball. Mm-hmm. And running back production is way more easily replaceable. It is easier to replace the production of a top running back than a top wide receiver. Are you so the case of Derrick Henry? Are you joking right now? Because he I'm, okay, go I'm, ahead. I'm, I, not, I'm, I'm not, not joking. I, and Derrick I, Henry is going to be part of the reason why. So okay, I went back for the last ten years to look okay. at all running backs taken in the top twelve. Okay. And so remember what I said, you want quarterback, wide receiver, pass rusher, cornerback, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2012, Trent Richardson was the third overall pick. Yes. Uh, clearly a bust. Yes. Um, and here's a couple examples of players that went shortly after him, right? Luke Keekley went ninth. Okay. Fletcher Cox went 12th. Okay. However, Doug Martin, running back, went 31st. Is that the muscle hamster? Lamar Miller went 97th. Hmm. Okay. So not only are you missing out on much higher upside with these other players in Keekly and Cox. I mean. uh, (laughs) Right. So you could have have replaced. You could have taken Fletcher Cox and then taken Lamar Miller two rounds later. I mean, I mean. But I mean, you're speaking in in terms of this of, is just the first one, yeah. Of of now that the I mean, I don't I don't know exactly when the um the running backs got devalued or someone smart enough, so smarter than I figured out. Okay, well, I can get a guy in the second, third round that's gonna that's gonna pan out. Well, uh, I think in the, I think we're about to figure this out. Okay, so the next running back to go in the top twelve. Todd Gurley was the 10th overall pick in 2015. And here's the thing. Todd Gurley is fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. Todd Gurley was the best fantasy player in uh, football in 2018. He scored like 31 touchdowns uh, from from scourge. And he will be out of the league in 2021. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's no argument there with that. And part of that is because he got hurt. And as I said in the last episode, that's sort of luck, which is true. But running back is one of those positions where if you take the wrong injury, it can really take away your ability to play the game. Right? Mm. So Gurley gets hurt, and he's just not the same runner that he was, and now he's he's done. So even though he was a great player, you know, what what good what good did that do? And so then you have Melvin Gordon went 15th, Kevin Coleman went 73rd, and Mike Davis, who Atlanta just signed to replace Todd Gurley, went 126th. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you're, 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 I mean, you're giving me, you know, that they, that you can get them pretty, pretty much later, basically, like you get them later in the draft. And and there's other problems with it. Fourth overall pick in 2016, Ezekiel Elliott. Right now, the Cowboys are. He he was good. The Cowboys Mm -hmm. are. They're paying him a fortune. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's the best back on the team anymore. I think Tony Pollard is. Mm -hmm. I agree. Right. But then here's the thing. What were the picks after Zeke Elliott? The very next three picks were Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, and DeForest Buckner. Hmm. Put Jalen Ramsey on the Cowboys right now. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean. So here's what the Cowboys could have done. Because that was the fourth overall pick. 
The okay. 45th pick was Derrick Henry. They could have gone Jalen Ramsey, Derrick Henry. Yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they definitely could have did that. Right. Seventy-third pick, Kenyon Drake. One hundred and seventy-first pick was Alex Collins, who didn't have a huge career, but like he still played five good years in the NFL, which about, about to be the same as Zeke. Right. See, see, see the problem. The problem that I see. Well, I, I, I kind of see the correlation. What you're saying. The problem that I see is that a lot of these running backs, um, they have a shelf life. Like just like every NFL position, you know, mm-hmm. some some shorter than others. Running back is about three years ish. Um, so you have to come in, yeah, come and make a splash kind of thing. But the the running back the running back position, um, given the amount of times that they that these guys get hit and they have to block and all the other stuff, it's it's a it's a position that yes, the shelf life is small. You got to pay these guys market value when you have to. But to say in the history of the NFL, no yes. back. See, yes. that's where that's where the I'm, argument for me I'm, gets I'm still going. Okay. Let's yeah, go. I'm telling you, I, I might not get you, but I'm gonna get some of the listeners here. So the mm-hmm. next one we have, we have Leonard Fournette, fourth overall in 2017. He's so a bust. Like who was taken after him? Well, the sixth overall pick was Jamal Adams. The tenth overall pick was uh Sean was Patrick Mahomes. The eleventh mm-hmm. overall pick was Marshawn Lattimore. Okay. So a great case for trading it down. Right. And this is why this is why no running back is worth it, because if you think you want Fournette at fourth overall, you trade down to 10th and take Mahomes or 11th and take Lattimore and you're doing way better. Right. There's opportunity costs when you take a running back. The same I mean, track, the yeah. same track, the eighth overall pick was Christian McCaffrey. No, okay. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in football. He's yeah. the best player in football. He is mm-hmm. fantastic. He's fantastic out of the backfield. He's fantastic between the tackles. He's got breakaway speed. There is literally nothing wrong with Christian McCaffrey, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. He has the same problem as Fournette because he still went ahead of Mahomes. He still went ahead of Marshawn Lattimore. And these picks were both in the top 10. The 41st pick was Delvin Cook. 48th, Joe Mixon. 67th, Elvin Kamara. 86th, Kareem Hunt. 182nd, Aaron Jones. I think I think you're I think you're forgetting that some of the conferences that these guys play in, and also um, some of the skill. Like we didn't know. Pat, I mean, we knew Pat Mahomes was good, but we didn't know he was Patrick Mahomes. Like we didn't know that yet. It doesn't so, matter. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football, and probably, and Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. And there's no comparison which one you'd rather have, right? Which I is mean, why you no, always need a quarterback. I mean, I mean, if you're pick, but there's to me, there's a lot of guys better than than Christian McCaffrey. Chris McCaffrey is is again he's he's the guy that they rely on him so much it it shows why you shows why that the the running back position is so interchangeable and is so devalued because wear and tear they he was the focal point of of Carolina's offense for uh-huh. the last couple of years right you can't and why put was that kind of load on that because because they there there was there was not steady quarterback play um, right the defense sucked wide receivers. <laughs> Wide receivers, because of quarterback play, weren't good as well. As well, so you you become the primary weapon, and if, and again, you only have a short window okay. to display these talents. I mean, and to your point earlier, to your point earlier, it's a different it's a different era of football. In the eighties and and early nineties, receivers were 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 a dime a dozen, but running backs 
um, and and fullbacks were the thing, like the Lorenzo Neals, the John Connors, that were locking for some of these running backs. I didn't say that they were bad picks when they were made in the 80s and 90s. I said they'd be a bad pick in 2021. And Christian McCaffrey is the best example of that. Because not only could he be replaced by Devil Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunter, Aaron Jones. Absolutely. He's the focal mm-hmm. point of the offense because he was the eighth overall pick. So, of course, yeah. he's the focal point of the offense, right? Yeah. You know who's not the focal point of the offense? Aaron Jones. Why? Because Devontae Adams is. Yeah. Right? True. Right? That's why Christian McCaffrey. Also, Christian McCaffrey is a great player. He's the focal point of the offense. They, how good are the Panthers? <laughs> They're middle of the road. Right. Exactly. So, you have the best running back in football. Congratulations. You're middle of the road at best. Um <laughs> And then we have Saquon Barkley, who was the second overall pick in 2018. So drafted too high. Drafted too Denzel high. Ward went fourth. Quentin Nelson went sixth. Josh Allen went seventh. Vita Vea went 13th. Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in football now, went 18th. So it's the same thing. Just trade back or stay at second and take a quarterback to replace Eli Manning and take Josh Allen. But you don't take a running back second overall. And Saquon Barkley is a great player. Nick Chubb went 35th. Yes. Well, 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 the Saquon one wins your argument, like, hands down, because I think, I thought he, he was drafted too high as a, for, for his position. The great thing talent, is, but you could have gotten, players, knowing that your quarterback is aging, you could have gotten a quarterback. All these players have been drafted too high. How good were the Browns after they took Trent Richardson? I mean, again. <laughs> right. No, Gurley yeah. made the Super Bowl. Gurley made the Super Bowl in his great year. So he he did do that um, with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. How good have the Cowboys been with Zeke? No, yeah, I mean, that didn't, the minute they paid him, that was that was a disaster. How about the Jags with Fournette? Again, he's he was a bus. How about, so how he, about the Panthers? Again, yeah, you're right. You're, I'll go okay, to the Giants. So, so yeah, so, I mean, okay, you're making your argument. I, 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 I stand down. You're making your argument. In 2021, I think my problem with the initial rant was the, was in the history of the NFL because we're speaking of a no, lot no. of backs in the history of the NFL. On. If Barry yeah. Sanders himself were on the board this year, no team in the top 12 should pick him. Correct. Yeah, be, be, because because it's a pass happy league now. It's it's exactly. been that for the last. 20 years it's been exactly you know, yeah so that's that's your argument in 2021 so yes i so yeah you you win that argument but and so that's like i said but the thing is time, that's counterintuitive to how a lot of people think about running backs in the draft in general right they're thinking oh we have this elite talent in this position and we have a high pick we should get this elite talent running back running backs elite running backs are elite aren't needed to win. The Chiefs don't have an elite running back. The Bucks don't have an elite running back. Right? You can get good running backs later. You should not be spending a 12th pick on a running back until something happens in the league and you can go back having to run it again. But right now, when you throw the ball, running backs are not top 12 picks. If you think a running back is worth it, you you trade down. You rob somebody blind, you let them come up and take, take the running back. Running backs are not worth it anymore in the league. No running back, not Walter Payton, not Jim Brown, not Barry Sanders, not Emmett Smith, not Emmett Smith in his prime because Emmett Smith was garbage. Should I mean, twelve? I mean, three, three of three of the best quarterbacks we have now in the league weren't 
weren't high draft picks. That's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. And, so Aaron Rodgers was a first round pick. Russell well, Wilson at, was a third round pick. Yeah. Well, um, Aaron Rodgers meaning meaning in the top twelve. Sure, I would say you shouldn't take a running back in the first round period, but that's not true for every running back in history. If you if you have like the twentieth overall pick, okay, like, so okay, so now we're on the same page because quarterbacks it's, are more important than running backs. Yeah, right? it's it's the it's the like I said, the only the only like you made me see the light from the the mounting evidence that you gave. My only problem was what, in, and then you just kind of corrected it was in history. In the history is, is no, what in I'm the saying. history of the league. There is not a running back that has ever existed that is worth a 12th, a 12th overall pick. Now, if Walter Payton was coming in the league this year, no team in the top 12 should take him. No, I, I and and I agree with that. But again, it's based on strength of conference. Like it's it's to me, if you're Alabama running, if you're Derrick Henry, we seen what you do in college. You know, we seen um, Ingram, Mark Ingram, what he did in college. So it it may translate to the NFL. But if you're if you're a guy that's in the in 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 the in the in the Pac-10, or you know, you're in you're in a SWAC or some shit. Like, yeah, we're not gonna give you that kind of money. We're not gonna give. We're not gonna use that 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 pick in the first round. So, well, sorry, in, 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 in the top twelve, Clemson, are coming out of Clemson, Alabama, and North Carolina, and I think two of them are gonna go into the first round, and I think it's a huge disaster. Uh, which oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean your <laughs> argument. Your argument now is that in the not even I, I would go as far as to say in the top twenty. This shouldn't be a running back picked in the yeah, top I would 20. The first round. I would think if you think a running back's worth the first round pick, that's worth the yeah. trade. Like, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. Again, if you're that a, would we, that would we, we had totally agree with that. Yeah. If you're a complete team and like you're like Buffalo, if Buffalo has a chance to get the best running back on the board. Maybe it's worth it for them because it's like the one thing they need. But yeah. by and large, that's, that's not going to be the case. So yeah. I just want to get that hot take out there and get the listeners sort of like, because running backs are sexy and they're flashy and they get talked about a lot. Like they're not as important in the league anymore. And the teams with the best running backs are not the best teams for mm-hmm. the most part. So yeah, I agree. Um, right. So now I want to talk about this draft coming up. And the first thing to talk about are some trades that happened leading up to it in case you were the listeners missed it. So the Dolphins started out with the third overall pick because they got the pick from Houston for Laramie Tunsil, which is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, you see me laugh there, right? <laughs> so, they, so they traded back to San Francisco to 12. So San Francisco jumped up to three from 12, meaning they're coming for a quarterback, which is interesting because of Jimmy G. The Dolphins then dropped down to number 12. Then the Dolphins traded back up to number six with the Eagles, and the Eagles dropped to 12. Yeah. And so what's interesting about that is that the Dolphins basically moved from three to six picked up two more first round picks to drop three spots, right? And since they don't need a quarterback, they're going to get their choice of one of the first three overall players on the board who's not a quarterback, right? And they got two more mm-hmm. first round picks to do it. The other yeah. thing that everybody gave the Eagles and Doug Peterson so much shit last year for losing that last game on purpose. If they had won that game, they would not have been able to make this move. So this Correct. then taking advantage of that draft position that Doug Peterson got them by losing on purpose and so that's why, like, when your team is out of it, you should be trying to lose as many games as possible. Because even if you don't want the first overall pick because you don't need a quarterback or you don't need the third overall pick because you don't need the best wide receiver, somebody else does. Mm-hmm. Trade for it. So if you can't win the Super Bowl, you should lose as many games as possible. Yeah, if you can't win the Super Bowl, you can win the next draft. 
Right, and that's and that's what the that's what Doug Peterson was trying to do with the Eagles. Like he got fired, not for that. He got fired because he's a jerk, apparently. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to point that out that the Eagles were able to make this move for them because because of that. So now we have the 49ers sitting in third, the Dolphins in sixth, the Eagles at twelve. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the reason the 49ers traded up was because they want a quarterback. Yes. And this is a very deep class for quarterbacks. How deep depends on who you're asking, but we're going to have five quarterbacks go in the first round. Mm-hmm. The only other times that has happened, to my knowledge, is 1983, which is Marino Elway. Best um, quarterback draft ever. Todd Beck, Blackledge, Ken Eason, and Jim Kelly. And 1999, which is McNabb, Cade McNown, Akili Smith, Dante Culpepper, and Tim Couch. Um, man, Tim Couch was the first overall pick, and he was the last one I named. That's not good. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you go you go from the '83 draft to that draft. It's like yeah. it's night and day. It's yeah. night and day. <laughs> um, but again, I thought McNabb was garbage, and Achilles Smith was going to the Hall. So you and I both. <laughs> yeah, so it, I both. it happens. But this year we have five more. But unlike those drafts where the picks were more spread out, I think we're gonna have all five of these quarterbacks go in the top. 12 picks for sure and they might all go in the top seven so okay i, I can see five, that okay yeah and the five quarterbacks are in my order they are trevor lawrence who is going first of all to jacksonville i mean he's already donating money to jacksonville charities wow so that's but that's been the lockest lock like we all knew like when the jets won that game like oh they're not getting trevor lawrence now like we all knew trevor lawrence is gonna be the first overall pick so the Jaguars get Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Not a bad mm-hmm. start. Okay. Now, for me, the second best quarterback on the board is Justin Fields. But he is from Ohio State. But he is not projected to be the second quarterback drafted. The Jets are expected to take Zach Wilson out of BYU. Okay. And so you're a Jets guy. And I have my, my friend Scott, who is a... NFL scout writer writes about the draft, breaks down the tape. Like he's a legit, like watch the tape, write about it sort of guy. Okay. So I asked him in preparation for today, his thoughts on Zach Wilson, because he's always been high on Zach Wilson. He thought Zach Wilson was only second to Lawrence. He thought Zach Wilson could compete with Joe Burrow last year with the top overall pick. So he's always been high. And this is what Scott says. He says, tell Cleve to buckle up. It's either going to be incredible or a complete disaster, but I'm leaning that it'll be good as long as they do things for him and not hold him back. I love his style of play, but understand others really dislike how undisciplined he can be, even though he's still accurate when on the move and his feet aren't perfect. I don't get the hate. Maybe I'm a psychopath. Wilson really is a study in psychology. Mm. So it sounds to me (coughs) like the Jets are about to take a huge gamble on a player with immense upside, but with some red flags, right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the Darnold pick. That's exactly the Darnold pick. Yes. However, I think Darnold was the right pick at the time that they made it. Here's Justin Fields from Ohio State. And I don't understand this. Okay. I'm just going to run this through, even though it breaks my heart because I hate Ohio State, but Mm -hmm. okay. He started 22 games for the Buckeyes, right? Mm-hmm. 68% completion percentage, 63 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Okay. 300 yards, 
867 yards on the ground, 15 more touchdowns, no fumbles. He is 6'3", 227 pounds, runs a 4'4", 640, and is 22 years old. What more could Justin Fields possibly do to demonstrate that he should be the second quarterback taken in this draft? What what possible red flags are there for Justin Fields? I haven't heard any character concerns. I haven't heard anything like that. Why in the world is he not just flying off the board second? Because, I mean, all right. And and again, I, I, I always defer to this. Strength of, you know, doing that in college versus the NFL, it's... It's how, how how does this game translate to the NFL? Like, is there something that they don't like with his drop back, with his with his reads? You know, maybe he maybe he doesn't make the reads, you know, quick enough, or you know, the, the little nuances. I mean, you know, you can ask your guy who is a scout of what they when, when they're judging a quarterback, what they're exactly looking for, or looking at. Um, because to your point, and I I don't want to use a race card is is that you're right with those metrics and those 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 categories and those stats that translates to me on paper like hey this is a guy that we need to look at but there's something there that maybe scares people right and the, the thing is like i don't you know so scott says that wilson has this huge upside but even though he's undisciplined in his feet and his footwork isn't always the best but he's got this huge upside so okay the Jets like Zach Wilson more than, than than Justin Fields. I can see that. So the 49ers mm -hmm. traded up from 12th to 3rd, right? So they had to give up mm -hmm. a lot of Miami to come up to 3rd to take a quarterback. Mm -hmm. okay. So, of course, they're going to take Justin Fields, right? Yeah. Everybody, I, is, everybody is saying that they're going to take Mac Jones from Alabama. Which, is, man, so, all right. So here's my Alabama hate when it comes to quarterbacks. Because, you know, I, I don't like Tua. It's, there's no secret. Or, or whatever. But yeah, so if you're putting up Mac Jones up to Justin Fields, it's it's basically what I said. It's the strength of schedule. It's the conference and all that kind of shit that goes into that. But, that, but that should be working. But that, that should work just as fine for Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's last two games, they lost a shootout to Alabama, so it's not Fields' fault. And they murdered Clemson, which was because of Fields. Like, Fields went head-to-head -head with Lawrence and whooped him. So, yeah. you know, I, I I can see why somebody's like, oh, the, the ceiling on, on Zach Wilson, I'm in love with it, his erratic style of play, and he's going to fit our system. There is no way Matt Jones should be taken ahead of Justin Fields as a prospect. I'm not Absolutely. saying that. Yeah, no, no, I 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that. Because, I mean, uh, I think his, I didn't see all of his pro day. I saw like some flashes where he didn't look that great. So... Maybe, maybe it's on me, but again, you're thrown to your own receivers. So, you know, <laughs> like how, so they're like, oh, Mac Jones is so accurate. And he takes care of the football. Justin Fields, 16% completion percentage, 63 touchdowns, nine picks. Yeah. I mean, accurate, that's <laughs> also he's six, three and runs a four, four, six. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, there's, there's something, there's some little nuance that you and I maybe are not privy to, to say, well, okay. This is the knock on the guy, or 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 whatever. Um, you remember that movie, uh, the Kevin and I, Kevin Costner draft day? Is it draft day? I never saw it. Oh uh, well, it, it 
it was a I'm not a big Kevin Costner guy, but it was a great insight of, of how teams evaluate and what happens in the war rooms prior to a draft. So if for a football nerd, it was a great movie because it teaches you things about at the at the last minute that a guy you scouted all damn near, you know, after college season ended, and then you realize shit, that doesn't work with who we got coming in personnel wise. So maybe maybe his style of play may not be conducive to what they're trying to do or the scheme that they have or the receivers or whoever, but it's some little nuance, but you're right. You're 100, 100, 1,000% right that Mac Jones, Justin Fields, is there even a comparison here? No, there isn't. And like, <laughs> and that really makes me upset is that this is San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan is supposed to be like, he's supposed to be one of these sharper, smarter sort of guys. I mean, he does. He made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. But to me, I'm looking like you have Jimmy Garoppolo and you're going to make an upgrade to Mac Jones. Like, aren't they the same person? Pretty much. I mean, we know who Jimmy G was when the game was on the line. He overthrow a guy in a moment where that wins the game, possibly. And the thing about, <laughs> the other thing about Mac Jones is that, like, so Mac Jones comes in because Tua gets hurt. So he plays half the season. Then he holds off the the best uh, one of the best prospects this year, a true freshman named Bryce Young, who's going to be amazing when he comes in the draft. Um, mm -hmm. You know, kid's good when he goes from Los Angeles to Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, so he holds him off. But, so the year he took over for Tua, he had uh, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Najee Harris, right? This year, <laughs> Judy and Ruggs go pro. So he still has Waddle. Devontae Smith and Najee Harris as his running back. So it's like, yeah, of course he looks good. He's surrounded. Yeah, yeah, surrounded okay. <laughs> like, yeah, of course, of course he looks great. Like, I mean, if, if I could throw to those four wide receivers in college too, I mean, I could at least win a couple this, games. You just I made my point. State. Yeah, I could you quarterback just made, Alabama past Mississippi State with that squad. Yeah, you just made my point for me. Is 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 why is is why we both kind of agree with that is because again, given who Justin Fields had versus Mac Jones, flip do your game of flipping those those guys on on that squad and see what his numbers would be. So the thing is, is that um Justin Fields still had Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Like it's not like it's it's not like Ohio State's barren for talent. But yes, if you were to flip them, also Alabama had the best offensive line in football too. So there like, you go. Really been under pressure. There you go. I mean, yeah. So I'm going to move on from this uh, to the next guy. I just want to say I don't get it, and I would not be shocked if San Francisco gets their head out of their ass and actually takes Justin Fields at three. Um, but as of right now, like Schefter saying it's Mac Jones and Peter Schrager saying it's Mac Jones, like all the most connected people are saying it's Mac Jones. And I like this is this is your this is your um, Mitch Trubisky. D Deshaun yes. Watson situation. <laughs> They're going to trade up for Mitch Trubisky and pass up. Um, there we go. There we go. Uh, so then, so we sort of talked about Mac Jones in with that, and then the last quarterback to talk about is Trey Lance, who this is very interesting. So Trey Lance is a quarterback at North Dakota State. So of course it's not the highest competition, but mm -hmm. North Dakota State dominates it. It's where Carson Wentz went. Mm -hmm. um, Trey Lance plays his freshman year. He basically puts up the same numbers as Trevor Lawrence passing, but is much mm -hmm. better running the ball. Okay. He's, he's like 6'5", 230. He's basically accurate cam, right? Okay. That's who he is. However, he has his freshman year at North Dakota State. 
that division of football did not play because of COVID. So yes. He's out all this year. So he's got one year of college ball under his belt and a pro day. And one year is at North Dakota State. But he's accurate cam as a prospect. What do you do? No, I mean, I mean, I mean, making some comparisons, it's Miss Trubisky. No, not saying that he, no, 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 not saying the play, meaning, meaning Mitch only had one, was it one season of, of, it was a sample size of one season, basically, well, 15 games, whatever it was. But but this is an important difference, is that Mitch Trubisky's best year was his last year, his junior year. Pretty much, yes. The freshman. And the younger you are, break out, the more impressive it is. That's what I was going to say. I was like, you, um, and you, th- thank you for making a point for me. In in his, and I, I couldn't remember if it was his last year for Mitch, for Mitch, but thank you for reminding me. But yeah, as a freshman doing that, that's where, that's where I, I, I see the difference or see, okay, this is, this is great. And again, no fault of his own that the guy missed the season yeah. because of right. what happened with, with the pandemic. So yeah. So he's, so he's going to, he's very interesting because People assume that he's a raw upside prospect. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? So he, if, he, if he's so he's the one who's going to go last, I think Trey Lance will go last. And if he falls, he could fall to the Broncos at nine. Mm. Um, he could go to the Patriots at fifteen, or the Patriots could come up and get him if he starts falling. And I'm not convinced Trey Lance can't play right away. I understand why people would think that, but I'm not convinced that's necessarily the case. No, I mean, we I mean, we saw we saw Herbert get pressed into action and didn't fall on his face. So yeah, it's it's not it's not far it's not far fetched to, to 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 think that because we you know, like I said, we just got a sample of of a guy that just came in the league and you know caught fire. Right. So those are the those are the five quarterbacks that everybody's really talking about, of which I think Lawrence should go first. Fields should go second, but people are high are high on Wilson. So, but this is a huge leverage spot for the Jets if they take Wilson instead of Fields, and Fields is that man that I think he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, given given that you gave me the stats for um, for Justin, uh, I'm I'm now a little intrigued that's to see what the actual pick will be. It kind of makes me think. I, I went side by side, um, and of course, conference to me really, you know, BYU versus OSU. Uh, obviously, to me, those things matter because, yeah. of, again, playing against the uh, elite talent. I mean, if, if you're bombing, you know, some other small school, yeah, that looks great. But if you're if you're playing against Clemson or you're playing against Alabama and you're putting up good numbers, yeah, yeah, you know, w- w- that should translate to the NFL pretty good. Absolutely. So the next the next person I want to talk about is Kyle Pitts, who is a tight end out of Florida. And tight end, you might realize, is not on my list of quarterback, wide receiver, pass rusher, cornerback, right? Correct, yes. However, Kyle Pitts is unique. Kyle Pitts is the best athlete to come into the league at the tight end position since Vernon Davis. Mm. And the only reason I'm saying since Vernon Davis is that I'm in the DMV right now and he might hear me. So I won't say that Kyle Pitts might be a better athlete. Because I don't want to deal with that in case Vernon overhears me saying that, like he's outside my window or something. Yeah, I met Vernon a couple of times at, at the at the at the job, and real real nice guy. So yeah, watch. Okay, your, so even if I do comments. think Kyle Pitts is a better athlete coming in the league than Vernon Davis, I'm not going to get that whooping. <laughs> no, no. Okay, 
<laughs> all right. In that case, Kyle Pitts is the best athlete to come in at the tight end position of all time. Um, mm. With Vernon, like, right there. But you can just think Vernon Davis. However, much more productive than Vernon Davis. So, he's also... Kyle Pitts is 6'6", 245 pounds. Yeah. How fast do you think his 40 time is? At 6'6", 245. That's like... Is he, is, is he like a 4'5"? Four, 4'4'9". Four, four, 4'4'9"? Four, four, yeah, just about... Okay. I, yeah, I, 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 out of my head, I, I took yeah. that. Yeah. But at 6'6", 245... He's a good route runner. Some people just say he should just be considered just a giant wide receiver. Um, he's a capable enough blocker, but like he doesn't block a lot because he's such an elite receiver, right? Yeah. Yeah. He is, he is the unique tight end that I don't think is a mistake to take highly. But you better be set at at least two of the other important positions. You better have your quarterback and a receiver, a quarterback and a pass rush, a quarterback and a corner. Like you better be set at two of them. Mm. If you're going to take him, but like Atlanta at number four, right? They got mm. Matt Ryan, they got Julio, they got Calvin Ridley. They throw this kid in. Mm. There's some interesting chatter about about the Cowboys trading up to get him. Yeah, same. They're set at receiver, set at quarterback. They yeah, corner help, but yeah, like same same sort of deal. Like Kyle Pitts can't be the focal point of your offense, but man, if he's the third option, yeah. I mean, because he's a tight end. So if he's the third option as a tight end, forget about it. Um, yeah. Then I want to talk about Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is the top wide receiver in this class, and I don't think it's close. This is a good wide receiver class. Mm-hmm. So Jamar Chase went to LSU. He sat out this last year. He opted out because of COVID. Um, so he's on the 2019 LSU team, the Joe Burrow team. Okay. He had a 33% dominator rating. That means that he had 33% combined of the team's yards and touchdowns on that team, mm-hmm. right? That team had Justin Jefferson on it, who's the best rookie wide receiver in the NFL last year. Okay. Jamar Chase won the Blitnikoff Award for best wide receiver on a team with Justin Jefferson on it. That's 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 impressive. That's impressive. Justin Jefferson is the clear number two on that squad, comes in the NFL, and is the best rookie wide receiver in the league. How good is Jamar Chase? <laughs> <laughs> right, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm watching highlights right now as we're, as we're talking. By the way, so if I'm not looking you in the face, it's because I'm like I'm I'm my jaw is dropping. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's six foot, two hundred pounds, runs a four three nine. Jesus. Yeah. Right. So like, this kid is elite, and he's ahead above all the other receivers. Even though I think this is a deep wide receiver, wide uh, receiver. So yeah. yeah. Then the next two players I want to talk about are the top two cornerbacks, right? So we talk quarterback, we talk pass catchers, now we talk uh, corners. Mm-hmm. The are both legacies. The first is Patrick Sertan Jr. Yeah, there Here's we go. Is, right? Um, mm-hmm. Junior is better than dad. Really? I'm going to say it now. And dad made the Pro Bowl. Um, so he, Patrick Jr., five-star guy, comes into Alabama, starts right away. At Alabama, in defensive wow. back, which is Nick Saban's thing. Nick Saban's the defensive backs coach, and he's yeah. their defensive backs coach, right? Starts right away. Three year starter, absolutely fantastic. Runs a four four five. He is six two two oh eight, and mm. he's a corner. That's you know they're talking about the Cowboys trading up for Pitts. 
Sertan might be there for him, for the Cowboys. And if that's the case, to me, that's a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they got, uh, they got what's the name, last year, right? Diggs. Yeah, so they have Trayvon Diggs. Now you add Patrick Sertan Jr. to the other side, that's doing pretty good. Okay. And the next, uh, the next corner that I want to talk about, the second corner off the board, I actually might take first. Like if I had to pick one for the Lions, I might take this guy first. So that's J.C. Horn. Who's okay. J.C. Horn's dad? Is that is that Joe Horn's? Uh, it kid? is. Joe Horn's kids come to the NFL. How old are we? Man, it's <laughs> yeah. You're right. Um. So J.C. Horn, South Carolina. Good recruit, not a huge recruit, but I think he got taller. I think he was like 5'10 as a senior in high school, and now he's 6'1". So he had a little spurt go. Yeah, okay. and that makes a huge difference at the cornerback position. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. You need, yeah, you need to, you to, I mean, you got guys that are, yep. I mean. You can be 5'9 and be a good corner. Yeah, um, but 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 going up against like a um, the monster in Seattle, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, going up against a notorious bust, according to Cleve DK Metcalf. Um, <laughs> are you gonna, are you gonna let that go ever? No, no, no chance. Okay, <laughs> I will. I will. No, I'm never gonna let that go. I'm never, I'm never gonna let it go. I mean, you come around, it's fine. But I'm never gonna let it go. That you were like, I don't know, if PK's got it. Oh, <laughs> when his Hall of Fame speech, um, I'm gonna give him a shout out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell him to have you give him give the speech for him. Oh, so yeah, so JC Horn. I think is a really good prospect. Watching them on tape, I think I might prefer Horn, but I am not a tape guy. Like I okay. just I watch the games. I go back and try to watch the tape. Everybody looks great. You know, everybody mm-hmm. looks good. So I, I don't know. I just watch games. Um, they're the top two. The third corner is a cornerback named Caleb Fairley out of Virginia Tech, who's really, really good. Um, but he just had back surgery, so he's gonna slide. But there's a chance that a really good team is going to get a really good corner with Caleb Fairley. Okay. And then this okay. a very unique situation, which is that there are no obvious elite pass rushers, right? There's no like obvious going to be a top five defensive end. Okay. You know, yeah. Outside linebacker. There's no Khalil Mack, no Von Miller, no JJ Waddle. He was 13. Like there's no like obvious pass rusher. That's elite, but well, there's, you said that- there's going to be one, right? Some one yeah. is going to explode. And so, since there's not any that are elite, they're going to push down the board to the better teams. Okay. And somebody like the damn Steelers or the Ravens are going to end up with another elite pass rusher. Because good point. Gonna- That's a good point. That's a good point. First. Um, and so the the two I want to talk about are Quiddy Pay from Michigan, who is still pretty raw and I think is the best prospect. Um, just an absolute athletic freak. He won the three-cone drill at Michigan. Not for the defensive lineman, for the team. Oh, wow. Yes. Um. So, like, and ha-ha, all the jokes, all the Michigan players are bad. But, like, he won the three-cone drill, drill for the entire team at Michigan, right? Um, mm-hmm. Also, the bench press. Beat all the offensive linemen in the bench press. So, like, just as freak athletically... You know, he was a, he, a nobody recruit. He moved to Rhode Island. He's a refugee. I do not remember what country. I apologize, Quiddy. He's a refugee from, from another country. Goes to Rhode Island. He's playing in Rhode Island. He's only been playing football for like four years now. Four okay. or five years. Completely raw. Going to be amazing. 
probably gonna go to probably gonna go to the Packers because that's how life works. Um, okay. The other one's Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips is the number one overall recruit his year, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Goes to UCLA, sucks because everybody goes to UCLA and they suck. UCLA <laughs> is the Adam college football. Like if you go to UCLA, you do worse than you should. Transfers to the U, plays one year at the U this COVID year, dominant. Yeah. Like you know what happened? He's this freak at freak athlete. He finally got some good coaching in Miami, puts it together. Um, but because he only had one year, it's like Trubisky has one year. It's his last year. Is he really that good? Does he just look good in, in his shorts or whatever? He's, I think he should go like in the you know between ten and fifteen. He could mm-hmm. fall in the second round. Like there's a lot of question marks on him. Okay. And I swear to God, if this kid goes to Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Lions fan, and we're not making the Super Bowl, so we have to deal with Baltimore. Well, like for all the AFC teams, don't let this kid go to Baltimore, please. <laughs> okay. He's gonna replace Matthew Judon with a better Matthew Judon. Don't don't. <laughs> allow that. Um, and then the last thing I want to say before we get into this mock draft, I want to talk about um, is that because there's gonna be so many quarterbacks going in the first, the first three picks are quarterbacks for sure, possibly mm-hmm. the first four. Maybe five of the first nine, almost surely five of the first 12. Mm-hmm. That means if you don't need a quarterback and you're picking up there, your draft position actually jumps. So, like the Chargers are picking 13th, but they don't need a quarterback. So, really, they're picking eighth. Okay. Right. So, teams that have quarterbacks and are kind of good or middling mm-hmm. have a real shot to make a real, real huge impact. The Giants, I think they need a quarterback, but they don't. The Chargers don't need a quarterback, Mm-mm. right? Uh, the Vikings don't need a quarterback. So all these teams are in positions right now to really make huge jumps with one, if they can knock this pick out of the park, because they're going to get a guy in the teens that should have gone like seventh. Yeah. Because there's so many quarterbacks taking up all the all the oxygen. Um, so now go ahead and pull up this, uh, this mock draft. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a mock draft by a person named Anthony Amico, who I follow on Twitter. He's a fantasy football, sports betting, all sorts of things. Um, uh, all the listeners should follow him on Twitter, too. It's at Anthony Amico, A-M-I-C-O. And the reason that I'm picking his uh, his mock draft is that he bets a lot of money on draft prop bets, like who will be the third overall pick, how many running backs in the first round, how many players from Alabama will be drafted, like all those sorts of questions, right? He bets serious money on it. So his mock draft is the result of his process that he uses to wager, which means really he's putting his money behind his mock draft. Okay. Right. Anybody could just put names next to a team, Mm -hmm. but he's putting his own money basically behind what he's saying here. So this is not his final mock draft. The final one will be coming out uh, next week. Might be out by the time the listeners hear this. So go check it out. Go to his Twitter again, Anthony Amico. He's great. Also, his politics are solid. Um, he's not a jerk. Um, and I think his real job is teacher. Um, so mm. all around, all around cool dude, worth a follow. And so we're just gonna go scrolling through this a little bit here to give people an idea of where people are at, what they're thinking, where their teams are at, what they should maybe start thinking about for their favorite teams as they're listening. Okay. Uh, so the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, it's over. Yeah, I mean that's that's a given. Yes, Jets and Zach Wilson. You see the first line here from Amico. When Adam Schefter texts you, welcome to New York, you're going to New York. I mean, 
continue, we got uh, Wilson going to going to the Jets. And then, like everybody's saying, he's got Matt Jones and the 49ers at three, which I think is insane. At the four spot, he's got Kyle Pitts, the, the elite tight end, going to the Falcons, which I think would be very, very interesting. Personally, I think somebody's going to trade up here for Justin Fields. Mm, okay. If he's still there. I think if the 49ers really take Matt Jones, I think that we're going to see – I wish Detroit, but they won't like the Patriots come up for Justin Fields here, the Broncos, the mm-hmm. Panthers. Like, I think somebody's coming for Fields here. But if the Falcons do pick here, I can see it being Pitts. The fifth pick, he has the Bengals taking Jamar Chase, the wide receiver at LSU, reuniting Burrow and Chase. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I and that would be that. very interesting. Um, the Bengals, of course, need offensive line help because Joe Burrow got murdered last year. But you mm-hmm. can get offensive line starters later in the draft. There is not another Jamar Chase level prospect in this draft. So I agree with going with Chase at five for the Bengals if he's there. Um, he has the Lions taking Justin Fields at seven, which if he's there, I would love it. I think if the Lions are on the clock and Fields is there, they're more likely to trade down, though, to somebody else who wants Fields. Yeah. Um, at number nine, we have the Broncos taking Trey Lance, which I think is great. Like, I think there's a chance that next, like next year, this upcoming season, Trey Lance is the second best quarterback out of the five. Yeah. I mean, he, he can, I mean, there's not much competition there. Uh, what is it? Is Drew Locke still their guy? Yeah. It's, uh, Drew Locke and I have no idea who else. It doesn't matter. Brian. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, uh. Yeah, he, Rock he, could, he could probably walk in and get that job mid-year if, if this happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like and he could explore in any direction. And certainly lots of talent there in Buffalo. So I like that. Um they have the, the New York Giants taking Patrick Sertan Jr. out of Alabama, which again for the Giants fans, that would be very good. You guys just signed all this money to Dory Jackson, get another corner. Uh you never have too many good corners. He'd be like the third one that you guys would have that would be good. Um, which you need against Dallas because they got three receivers. Mm-hmm. Washington because Fitzpatrick's going to fire it everywhere. So, uh, so you have that. He has J.C. Horn going to the Eagles. Okay. I mean, yeah. the Eagles do need defensive back help. Um, yeah, definitely a position a position we're taking. It's a if they run all these quarterbacks, Horn's probably a top ten pick. So, I mean, I I I see it, but don't you think the Eagles need like another receiver? Yeah, they do. Uh, especially if, if you're gonna, if you, you I mean you're going with with, um, you know, your, your, your quarterback situation is what it is. Um, giving giving Jalen some some help, basically. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. He, he, you know, if you're gonna flash, gotta flash now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Vikings taking Quiddy Pay, the pass rusher from Michigan, first pass rusher off the board. Um, and again, perfect for the Vikings. Stout against the run, can rush the passer. Like, Quiddy Pay is Mike Zimmer's wet dream. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not mention Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver, but they do have the uh, Patriots taking Devontae Smith at 15. So I'll make that note for our producer that mm. um, they have that. That'll give that'll give Cam some some uh, some incentive to get the ball downfield. Yeah, but man, Devontae Smith, he's tiny. That's the thing. He's like five, five, eight, one seventy-five. 
No, he's six foot. He's six yeah, foot. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he's, no, yeah, he's. Gotta I'm getting confused by Dale Moore. He's six yeah. foot, one seventy five. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're gonna. I mean, I'm pretty sure in the off season, the strength and conditioning guys are gonna get with them. Maybe get them, get them. You know, fifteen more pounds or so. Get them beefed up a little bit. But yeah, I was like five. Like, there's no way he could be that small. Um, no, no. That, that that was a misspeak on my part. He is mm-hmm. like he's six foot. Um. We have Caleb Fairley going to the Titans at 22, which is good. Again, he's falling because of a back injury. He's a great defensive back. Titans could really, really fit in there. Um, he has the Jets taking Aziz Ojulari, the edge from Georgia with the second pick. Again, that's for you, for the for the Jets here. Um, mm-hmm. And that'd be good. Quarterback, pass rusher, right? That's what you want to see in the first round. Yeah. Now, we did not talk about the running backs because the running backs – should not be taken in the first round, but he's got the Steelers taking Najee Harris from Alabama and the Jaguars taking Travis Etienne from Clemson. Again, I think both of these are just huge, would be huge mistakes. I think they should be taking wide receivers or corners or. Passers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for, for both these teams, uh, you're, you're spot on that. This would probably flip out with, I would flip these with receivers because big Ben is going to need every bit of help he can. In, in in this situation and then of course giving Lawrence the firepower uh coming into a new you know coming into an offense that that can be his own because with with Lawrence with, with the Jags he's coming in to actually build around him like they're gonna build around him now you know uh with with the Steelers do, do you need a running back I mean we sh- they, I, they obviously think they do because last year was a disaster with uh, with the with the poor play that they got from all their running backs in that situation, so I see why they're they want to make this move. But to your point, for both these teams, I wouldn't I wouldn't get a running back now. I wouldn't get a running back now. Both yeah. these guys could be available in the second round, right? Or somebody else will. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then he has Ravens Jalen Phillips edge from Miami going to the Ravens, just like I just like I'm horrified will happen. You know, the Steelers, <coughs> excuse me, the Steelers will take a running back and basically waste their first round pick and the Ravens will turn right around and draft a guy who's going to go crush Ben Roethlisberger, right? Yeah. You're, I mean, well, looking at the list here, your guy says uh, in his notes that he has a scary medical history. Is there something that pops out or he's just saying overall, like, you know, the guy. Yeah, is- I mean, he missed, he missed the season with like a knee injury or something, but he's also like 21. Yeah, so the yeah, the healing of okay. I, okay. All right. right. Nothing major there. Okay. Right. And also when we're talking about taking a running back, all running backs have bad medical histories. If they don't yet, they will. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're unless you're Frank Gore and you just made of adamantium, you'll play a thousand years. So I don't know. Right, exactly. And even Frank Gore <laughs> uh, fell in the draft because he got hurt in college. Yeah. yeah. Um so I want to note the Bills here taking Joe Tryon, a pass rusher from uh, Washington from the Huskies. I'm not going to lie. I had never heard of this guy until I saw his name on this mock draft, which goes to show the importance that teams are putting on pass rushers and especially good teams like Buffalo. Well, I mean, to your point, without even realizing it, maybe maybe you did because you're a smart guy. Um Knowing that what happened to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, it showed yep. you that if you have if you have edge rushers, you're going to make that nightmare situation for any quarterback that can't can't get their timing out. So that that might speak to okay, you know what? When we played the Chiefs, we we could have used probably an edge rusher and could have got them. So this, yep. this is probably why this makes sense. 
right? And might make even less sense for the Steelers to take a running back. Uh, the Chiefs yes. take Leatherwood, an offensive lineman out of Alabama. Again, the Chiefs signed Joe Tooney, five years, $80 million. Now they're going to draft an offensive lineman. They'll probably draft two more in this draft. Like, it's the opposite, right? They have to protect Patrick Mahomes. Leatherwood mm-hmm. was a five-star prospect. His choices for college were Alabama or Michigan. He chose Alabama. I'm not bitter about it. It's going to work out for the kid. But still, I'm a little sad. It's a good pick for the Chiefs. Mm. So let me ask you, uh, there's some, something I bookmarked here. Um, so the Chargers, the Chargers are looking, that's the kid from VTech. Um, so were there protection issues? I mean, you can remind me for, for Herbert or was it, you know, are they just kind of shoring up that they want to have a good season, you know, have them have a good run again? Was there, was there issues at their, at their uh, tackle position? For the Chargers, yeah, that they're taking a they're taking an offensive lineman thirteenth. Yeah, I mean, I think I think taking an offensive lineman is always smart if you have your quarterback set. Okay. Um, also, like, what what are they going to take? They have Derwin James, they have Joey Bosa, they have Austin Eckler, they have Keenan Allen, they have Justin Herbert. I mean, they're they're set at a lot of positions. You need five good linemen. If I'm the yeah. Chargers, yeah, take take another take another lineman. You know, they can get Joey Bosa again for Patrick Mahomes. Personally, yeah. if I'm the Chargers, I take another wide receiver. Yeah. This is uh like I looked at this last night when you sent it and uh, gave it another peruse now. The only problem I have is this Mac Jones thing. <laughs> it's just it's insane. Yeah, I, like, I I just don't understand. I don't I don't really understand their third. Mac Jones. If the 49ers do this, bro, I'm going to be like, this is going to upset the universe, man, in some kind of way. This is insane. Right. And again, I, I'm not I'm not officially declaring that I think Justin Fields will have a better career than Mac Jones. I mean, I do think that, but that's not what I'm trying to argue. What I'm trying to argue is that when you just look at them as prospects. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't even make like you like you said, I, I side by side them. And again, I could only hash out that it's strength of conference um, and obviously the popularity of, Al- of Alabama's program, that this guy's getting a, a sniff this at this at this juncture. But we, when you look at side-by-side metrics, it doesn't even, it's not even close. It's not close at all. It's not even close, yeah. It's 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 really a head scratcher. And it's, it's probably so any so anything, anything in this uh would upset your apple cart if something let's say i'm just gonna pick a point here let's say the fourth overall pick right we're and obviously we're not going off this guy's um this guy's draft i mean this is really good but fourth overall like would you think that um anyone any one of these any one of these positions obviously that's not a offensive lineman or, or something like that do you think that you'll be surprised here if the Falcons didn't go with Kyle Pitts and they went with, let's say they flipped and took, uh, let's say they took Jamar Chase, no, just flip-flopping four and five? So if the Falcons keep the fourth overall pick, they, there are only three options in that in that area. You take Kyle Pitts, you take Jamar Chase, you take Panay Sewell, who I think is okay. the best lineman prospect. Okay, um, so to two receivers or an offensive. Okay, okay, I see right, where you're going. Right, um, but that, but that's it, right? That's those are the only options at that at that point. I think that the Falcons, if Matt Jones actually does go third, the Falcons should be able to absolutely rob somebody. For yeah, just, 
Well, well, so that's my point. With this lineup, if this was concrete, if, this, if we went to the future in the DeLorean and came back with this list, right? This Mac Jones thing sets a lot of stuff into motion for a lot of teams. We're going to see all sorts of trades. If Mac Jones goes third, somebody's mm. coming to get field. Yep. Mike fourth <laughs> to get him. Yep. Um, they might come to seventh to the Lions to get him. They might come to ninth with the Broncos to get them. Although I don't know why the Broncos want to just take them. But like, you know, there could be any number any number of things in there if Fields does not go third to San Francisco. It's going to be insane. Also, the Dolphins might not be done. No, I, I agree with that. So do you think, I, not, and I hope the listeners don't think I'm picking on Mac Jones for any reason. I mean, he's doing something that I could never do. Um, do you think... Of, of the five quarterbacks, where would you put Mac Jones? Where would I put Mac Jones in relation to? To the five quarterbacks, to to everyone that we just talked about, like every the five, Dead the five last. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So we both agree with that. So there's no in, in no universe does he end up third or second. I would not take Mac Jones. Period. Like I wouldn't draft Mac Jones in the sixth round. Wow, I I, right. I mean I, I I guess my broader question is is that is he a first rounder or not? Because we we kind of brushed on that type of talk a little in the first episode. That is this guy is is he worth the top twelve? Being from your from your advantage that you said that you pick a quarterback, wide receiver, the pass rusher, or or corner, does Mac Jones? belong in the first round in the first 12 picks and i guess that's for what you said as a glaring no yes for me it's a glaring no i think this is a huge mistake i don't think he belongs in the first round at all okay. i would not take Mac jones at all because i don't get quarterbacks that can't run mm. if can't run in 2021 and you're going to be a quarterback you better have a cannon but the thing is trevor lawrence can run and he will run people over Zach yeah. Wilson can run. Justin Fields can obviously run. Trey mm-hmm. Lance, Cam Newton, he can run. Matt Jones cannot. So Matt yeah. Jones at the bottom of the list, he could have a 90% completion percentage. I don't care. He played behind the best offensive line in college football. Had four yeah. wide receivers that are going to be first-round picks. He's got a running back, so he'll be a first or second-round pick. I'm not touching him. Like, I, yeah. I I don't. I'm, I'm very bearish on Matt Jones. I actually think he's going to be trash. He's going to flame out of the league. Like, yeah. he's, he's he, I don't think he's going to hit. Now, Kyle Shanahan thinks that he can win with him. Scott says that what he's hearing, some other people in the draft community, the scout community, are saying that they're comparing Matt Jones to Peyton Manning. What? I don't get it. <laughs> Dude, I... Peyton okay, Manning you just... Six foot five, 235 <laughs> pounds with the strongest arm and incredible accuracy. Yeah, so yeah. How, so how is that even... Okay, so, all right, so you... Okay. Now, to be yeah, honest, that's, Scott didn't that's, say that's that other people are telling him that. Scott thinks that's insane. But like, okay, oh, oh, okay, all right. So, the, okay, I, okay, all right. So now, yeah. now, okay. But, but he said from other people who should know, they're saying Mitch <laughs> like Peyton Manning. Yeah, there, there's certain guys. You, if you're calling someone the next guy like that, it's it's got to be it's got to be like, you know, it has to measure up, and that's not even close. Right. If we're looking at. Six foot five, 240 pounds, rocket arm, accurate. That's Trevor Lawrence, not Matt yeah. Jones. 
Yes, yes. Which would, which would be a fair comparison, yes. Right? I'm just saying, like, if you were to look at somebody in this draft and think that it would be Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, this when we record the next episode after the after the first round, mm-hmm. talking about what happened with Matt Jones here, I, I I won't believe it till I see it. I will not believe that Kyle Shanahan will pass on six foot three, two hundred twenty seven pound, four four six, accurate, no turnover, Justin Fields for Matt Jones until it happens. I'm not going to believe it till it happens. The only the only way that happens is if is is if there's a knock on maybe a learning curve for um, Shanahan's offense where they might have tested. You know how they go to Gruden's camp or whatever, and they test you on you know regurgitating plays or whatever. Maybe Mac probably scored a higher, like, hey, you know what, he can he can run our offense. Because again, having the ability, the physical ability doesn't translate to the mental ability as well. Because if you can't hit reads, if you can't decipher schemes, it doesn't matter what you can do physically, because you still have to make you still have to make those decisions in the best possible uh scenarios on the field. And that's just my my take. When it comes to quarterback. And I think you might have taught me this years ago when we, when we first met. It's it's more than the physical ability. It's it's also mental, and I think that's why a lot of guys, uh, like like the Johnny Manziel's of the world, were you know, okay talent or whatever. But it's like decision making is run first. Like he he just ran all the time. I mean that was a product of the, of the team he was on, but it was also like he just wanted to run around. So yes. reason. However. Justin Fields has a 68% completion percentage. Yes. That's, yes. That's why your argument makes good decisions. That's He's why your not. argument would be great. Like it, it would have to be something as finite as like we gave him a test, like the Wonder Lick or whatever. He didn't score high. So fuck him. Because I, I just can't see that happen. I, I can't see Mac Jones going to the 49ers when Justin Fields is, is available in the, in, the, in the top five right now. That Trade doesn't make any off. sense. Trading up from 12. Matthew, yeah, I, I, yeah, my mind will be blown. I'm not gonna believe it until it happens. If it happens, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> Both of us. Both because yeah, that doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I, I feel you. All right, what else we got? I mean, that was it for the for the little bit of the the draft preview here. Obviously, we're just previewing the first round. Um, we'll you know we'll have a few a couple episodes to like go back and look at teams and their whole drafts. Of course, there's more prospects that I like and that are going to go in later rounds. I will say for the um, for the listeners that the second day, the rounds two and three are as important as the first round, right? Mm. The players are, you're less likely to hit in all pro, but you must hit starters in the first three rounds. Any pick you have in the top 100, which is basically the top three rounds, you mm-hmm. have to hit a starter on. Maybe not immediately, but eventually. That team the play needs to start for you and for a while. You can't you can't bust those positions either and be good. For for a um for any lay from any I mean I'm assuming we have a wide a wide audience here. For any lay person um like my sister, she doesn't really understand the the draft process. Not the draft process, but I'm sorry. She doesn't understand like what makes a player go before another player. Yeah, and I tried to explain to her like a, a guy could drop because of character issues. Yes. Think of think of think of the nightmare that it was for Larry Tunsil the night of the draft for his video to surface of him in a gas mask smoking a a giant <laughs> a giant. Hey, uh, it worked out for Miami. They turned <laughs> first round picks. So, but that's their true. GM, 
yeah, but their you know their GM got caught doing cocaine, so you know I don't know. But um, but uh, so I I, I try to explain this stuff offline to like my sister and her friends um, because she she's you know she's still relatively new to football and understanding these little nuances and why the draft is important and why going in a certain round or a certain in in a certain um, uh, thing matters. But again, you know, she's from a late perspective. She's seen Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Tom Brady was 199, you know, the 199th pick and is obviously the greatest quarterback as far as championships and all that stuff goes that we've seen. So it does matter, but then it also matters that you are smart enough or durable enough so that doesn't scare people off that you go where you go. Like Trevor Lawrence went where he went because he's Trevor Lawrence. It's right. a, it's a gener- it's a generational situation where you this, this guy just comes out of like he's, he's it, the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Yeah, he just comes off another planet, and it, it is what it is. But then we have these arguments where you know Dave and I are are, are pretty much hashing out whether Mac Jones even belongs in the first round, let alone any round in this draft. You know, compared to his contemporaries is Justin Fields and 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 the, and the others that are coming up. You know, for Dave makes a great point that I didn't think of is that in this NFL today, uh, with pass happy, a quarterback has to be mobile. You're not going to stand in the pocket and Chase Young is going to blast you. You know, right. every single time, like that's that's foolhardy. That's stupid. So you have to have some kind of mobility. You know, to be in this. You know, some some quarterbacks we see are super mobile. And some are just mobile enough, but you got to be able to be elusive enough to extend the play or give us something else. But I don't see, like I said, other than strength of conference and popularity of conference, that Mac Jones goes before any of these quarterbacks um, other than, you know, Trevor Lawrence, basically. But the other four that are in with him, the other, I'm sorry, the other three that are in with him, that he that he outplays them. And in, in, in what happens. And again, I don't wish the guy any 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 bad you know, bad blood. I just don't see where someone can pass on a um, on a guy because another guy's out there. So here we go. Yeah, the reason why the reason why players go where they go, like why one player go ahead of another, it's really hard to figure out. Teams have different preferences. Different systems call for different things. Mm-hmm. So I don't really judge like players going right ahead. I'm looking like in groupings. So like mm-hmm. we're five quarterbacks or like you have the top seven picks or you have the first three defensive ends, right? Mm-hmm. In, in sort of a grouping and like what positions matter. So like, you know, Patrick Sertan Jr., J.C. Horn, Caleb Fairley, 10 years from now, who's the best corner out of the three? Literally, I have no idea. Neither do you, neither do the teams. Mm-hmm. But the point is like hitting on corner is so important. Getting the next Patrick Peterson, the next Jair Alexander is so important mm-hmm. that if they cornerback in the first round it's probably a good pick even if it turns out to that they should have taken a different player Mm -hmm. okay fair enough my last question my last question to you so from last year's crop obviously we got a year of uh of football play i mean we didn't they didn't miss any games last year basically who was your i mean i'm putting you on the spot here you probably weren't prepared for this and that's why i'm asking you this because i wanted to see your actual reaction who was your guy that panned out that from last year's draft that said, oh shit, well, this this worked out for him? Who was your guy? So like I was surprised that where they got drafted and it worked out for him after one year. 
Well, yeah, well, meaning meaning that, that what you're saying, the, like, yeah, so mean that the, like the pickup was actually worth like they so say the number five overall pick. I forgot who it was. I'm just using you know I'm just using off the top of my head here. Like, okay, that was that was a. So was it a great? Did he have a great year? Was it was it did his did his skill set translate to the NFL and for his team? Like, was he a valuable pickup or was it like you know what they fucked up and, and drafted him too high? Okay, so there's um there's a couple players that that qualify here. Okay. Players that I thought were drafted, that, that were drafted too high that I thought ended up doing well would uh-huh. be number ten overall, Mackay Becton, the tackle for the Jets. Okay, who was fantastic. <laughs> Good mm-hmm. job, Jet. Um, they really smashed that one, and he was the third tackle off the board. Um. So that was a, that was a really good pick, and then a player who was drafted too high that I knew would be garbage and was garbage would be AJ Terrell, the corner who went to Atlanta at number sixteen. Mm. But Did he get- it's a corner, so like you see them trying. The problem is the very next pick was CD Lamb. Okay, right. Um, and then from the wide receivers, and this is something to keep in mind for this year, right? So. Um, last year was a great wide receiver class in the first round. This year we're going to have a lot of wide receivers in the first round. In order, mm-hmm. these are the wide receivers were drafted last year. Mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. Okay. Jefferson's the best, then Lamb, then Ayuk, right? Then Judy and Ruggs and Rager. Like, the first two off the board did not have the best years last year, right? Mm-hmm. So another important thing to keep, to keep in mind, you're like, oh, I have to take the fourth wide receiver in the first round. Well, yeah, that was Justin Jefferson. Good job. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so don't be upset. Like, oh, my team took the fourth wide receiver instead of the first linebacker. Well, the fourth wide receiver might be better. Yeah. More- no. And, and that's why I asked that question because it, it it tied in it tied into what you uh, laid out earlier about picking when you're when you're picking your you know your your draft status. Like, obviously, team needs team needs, but outside of team needs. You know, picking a running back <laughs> uh, high versus picking up a receiver or a corner or a pass rusher, right? Obviously, outside of quarterback, it, it does make sense. So you, you actually win that argument hands down today because you made a you you laid you laid your case out pretty good. That <laughs> you know, um, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you think you need, but don't don't get the uh, don't get excited about getting something that that. Hey, you know what? This linebacker looks great, you know. But I have a, I have a, a, a running back that is that's tearing up the world. Like, okay, that running back, I can get him in the third round, second and round. This will be easier on the next episode too, after the first round, where we can really like we'll have the landing spots for all these players. And we mm-hmm. can be like, this is why this wasn't such a great pick, even before they ever played a game. So they could end up being really good players. We will still know if it was a good pick or not, mm-hmm. even before they even played. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like Achilles Smith was a good pick. He just sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that was in my mind. That's always going to haunt me because McNabb had the better career. <laughs> yeah, and then Christian McCaffrey. By far. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey was a bad pick, even though he's a great player. Yeah, like you can you can see it even before it happens. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, great, great way to open the the uh, the. 2021 season so we'll, we'll we'll see how this 
how this pans out.